What is up, Next Level fam? Thank you so much for joining another episode of Health Explained. I'm your host, Alexis Smith, and today we'll be talking about sleep hygiene. I'm with Next Level's Director of Clinician Development, Physician Assistant, Ivan Renata, today. We are going to be discussing the importance of sleep hygiene, which is a little bit funny because I work quite closely with Ivan and I'm convinced that he never sleeps. <laughs> um, but disclaimer, our podcast speakers actually pick their own topics. So Ivan, why don't you tell us um, why you landed on this one? <laughs> is it because you're trying to get more sleep or you're trying to convince yourself that you need more sleep or, or what is the deal here? <laughs> Great question. You know, sleep is so important for our overall well-being. And I think I started noticing having sleep issues um, around college time where I was just stressed out, you know, with with the courses. I was a, a biology major at the time and um, my mind would just race over that date, those the, that week's lectures, you know, yeah. for, for example, if I had a test or a quiz the next day, or if I just wanted to stay on top of things, my brain was just always racing. And so when I, whenever I would wake up the next day, I just didn't feel as rested. Um, I didn't feel like I was performing well. And so that's when I started kind of realizing I need to be better about my sleep hygiene. So I had, you know, saw my family doctor and they gave me advice and, um, I started implementing those recommendations and, um, things got a lot better. But in that journey, I started realizing really how many people have sleep issues, you know, according to the sleep, um, American sleep association, there's about 50 to 70 million Americans that have sleep issues. So we know it's a real problem with real associated, uh, health risks. Wow. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, when they have sleep issues, at least for me, like my first thought isn't to go speak to my family practice uh, or family, um, physician. So I think that that's, um, that's really cool that you did that and that you sought that out. And, um, so before we kind of get into when to seek medical care for sleep issues, how much sleep exactly should we be getting? Does it vary by age? It does. It does. You know, most adults require between seven and nine hours of, of nightly sleep. Uh, but this can vary among people. Uh, but the recommendations for adults is uh, is an average about eight hours of sleep. And, you know, we can take it a step back with the stages of sleep. There's about four stages of sleep. So you have non-rapid eye movement stages, one, two, and three. The first stage of NREM is about five to 10 minutes is when you're transitioning from wakefulness to sleep time. Then you have your second stage of uh, non-rapid eye movement. And that's when your body temperature starts to drop, your heart rate starts to slow down a bit. And then your brain starts producing these sleep spindles. And, and this stage lasts about 20 minutes. Um, your third stage of your non-rapid eye movement um, cycle of sleep is going to be where your muscles become relaxed, your blood pressure and breathing rate drop. And this is usually where you'll have your deepest um, sleep. And this lasts about 20 to 40 minutes. After that, you get into the REM sleep or the REM stage or, or rapid eye movement stage. <laughs> and that is when your brain becomes more active you start noticing that your well, you won't notice, but maybe your partner will, where your <laughs> eyes are starting to move rapidly during sleep. And, and at this stage is when your um, dreams occur. Uh, your body also becomes immobilized. Essentially, it's a good kind of um, fail-safe where you're not going to act and move on, upon those dreams. And so your body does become immobilized. So you're not, if you're running in your dream, we don't really want you running in real life. You might hurt yourself. And so depending on how each individual does with um, those stages of sleep and their sleep cycles, some may require a little bit less sleep. Some people do well with six hours, um, but on average, the adults should get between seven to nine hours of sleep. 
children and teenagers definitely need definitely need a substantial more um, amount of sleep, particularly if they're younger than five years of age. So a newborn, you'll notice in anywhere from zero to three months, they are sleeping 14 to 17 hours. Uh, preschoolers are sleeping 10 to 13 hours, school-aged kids 9 to 11 hours, and as they um, grow, then their uh, required amount of sleep kind of decrease right to that 7 to 9 hour uh, time range. Gotcha. So you talked a little bit about sort of waking up and feeling not rested, especially in your um, college days. So what are the benefits of a good night's sleep? Because it sounds like there's some mental benefits as well as physical. Of course. Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, getting enough quality sleep at the right time can help protect you from mental health, um, physical health and quality of life and safety issues. And so, you know, the, the way you feel while you're awake really depends on what's happening while you're asleep. And so during sleep, your body's working to support healthy brain function, maintain your physical health. Uh, children and teens, this is um, the stage where they're, they're getting a lot of growth hormones in there. So it helps with growth and development. Um, and so the consequences from sleep deficiency can occur in an instant, for example, you know, making a poor decision because your brain wasn't working right or um, getting into a car crash from lack of sleep. Or it can harm you over time where you start having, um, you know, increased risk for chronic health conditions, um, cardiovascular uh, health conditions, or even diabetes. And so it can affect how well you think, react, work, learn, or even how you work with others in in the workplace or at school. And so those are all the benefits of quality sleep. You know, you're performing better, your mood is better, and you're able to retain a lot more memory. (laughs) Do you have any recommendations for those that are having trouble getting to sleep each night? Oh, yes. I I was one of those people. So, (laughs) um, you know, clearly before, if you're having issues at getting sleep, uh, you definitely want to make sure you establish a realistic bedtime um, routine. You want to stick with it every night, including the weekends. I know a lot of people on the weekends tend to kind of say, okay, I don't have to go to work or whatnot the next day. I'm going to stay up late. Um, but if you're having issues sleeping already, you really don't want to deviate from your regular bedtime routine, you know, over 40 minutes from the time that you typically go to sleep. Um, you also want to make sure that you maintain a comfortable temperature setting and low light levels in your bedroom. A lot of our tablets, screens, televisions have blue light. And whenever those devices emit those blue lights, it doesn't have an effect on how we can, how we fall asleep because it's our um, sleep wake cycle. And so make sure you have a comfortable sleep environment. Um, avoid sleeping with pets on the bed. I was guilty of this. Uh, A lot of us can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to say no when they're looking at you like that. And, and, you know, honestly, it helped me fall asleep a lot easier. But um, I realized in the middle of the night that even though I didn't remember the next day, I would wake up here and there, um, you know, interrupting my sleep cycle. So I I try to avoid sleeping with pets on the bed. Um, Abstain from caffeine, alcohol, you know, large meals and the hours leading up to bedtime, refrain from tobacco and Exercise during the day, you know, this can really help you wind down in the evening and pr- prepare for sleep. If you don't want to exercise, you know, during the afternoon time, you can always do some meditating, reading an actual physical book, uh, reflecting on your day, anything to really help slow things down um, in preparation for sleep. Do you have um, any thoughts about those that go to sleep with like um, the sleep trackers that you put on your wrist or that you sleep with to see whether you're getting deep sleep? Or do you think those actually work or do they make people more anxious normally? <laughs> you know, for, for me personally, I think it helped me be more mindful of how I was sleeping. Cause again, you wake up in the morning and you just go on with your day and then maybe you realize, wow, I'm, I'm a little bit tired today, a little bit slower than usual. 
Um, I, I like the sleep tracker on my, um, I had a Fitbit mm -hmm. and it would let me know, you know, how many hours of sleep I was getting. And so if I got six hours or eight hours of sleep, I would kind of compare that with how I was perform performing during that day. And I, it, again, it helps me track my sleep and help me focus like, Hey, I didn't get a lot of sleep this week. I really need to be better about going to bed on time, setting limits, um, you know, avoiding screen time before bed, just to make sure that, um, we get those, those necessary hours. Right. So, um, you talked a little bit about trying to maintain the same schedule for weekdays and weekends, or at least close. Um, does it really matter though, what time of the day you go to bed? Um, like if I decide to go to bed at weird hours, just like 8am and then wake up at 4pm, will I still experience the same benefits as those that go to sleep at a more normal time? You can, you just have to be very diligent about the environment, that sleep environment. And so we, we see this a lot with shift workers, mm -hmm. um, where their sleep cycle will be off, you know? And so, um, shift workers are people who work other shifts other than their regular 9am to 5pm routine. And so, um, if they're sleeping outside of that time range where our sleep cycle has to do a lot with the sun and, you know, being <laughs> dark outside and the light. So our body knows when to be awake and when to go to sleep. And so we really want to make sure we minimize exposure to light on the way home from a night shift for those who tend to sleep outside of the normal sleep hours, mm -hmm. just to keep uh, morning sunlight from activating that internal daytime clock. Um, again, those bedtime rituals, you want to follow those, be on time with that uh, sleep schedule, including weekends. Um, at home, you can ask family and friends to help create a quiet and dark and peaceful environment during your sleep time. Ask family members or roommates to wear headphones, you know, if they're watching TV or listening to music and avoid vacuuming or, or noisy activities while you're sleeping. And so for those on shift work or who sleep outside of your regular um, sleep hours, I mean, we, it's almost like a team effort where everyone has to be involved to ensure that this person gets the required and restful sleep that that they need. And a, a good recommendation, which I never thought about um, that I recently learned about, it, was actually putting a do not disturb sign on your front door if you're sleeping during the day so that delivery people and friends won't oh, uh, knock or ring the doorbell <laughs> yeah. to, to interrupt that moment. Um, but yes, it, it's possible. Again, I most shift workers sleep one to four hours less than a non-shift worker. Um, and so you'll get the the benefits of that sleep, but you really have to be diligent on, on your, your sleep hygiene and your uh, sleep environment. Mm -hmm. And at what point might you want to seek out advice from a physician if you're having trouble getting consistent sleep the from a cl clinician standpoint the first thing that i would want to make sure um you know if, if 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 a patient was asking me at what point do i need to come see you well i want to make sure that there's nothing organic or pathological going on here that's causing any sleep issues um, so speak with your primary care provider if you're having one or more of the following if you're not getting enough sleep or you're feeling sleep depraved uh, or sleep deprivation you sleep at the wrong time of day um, you're out of sync with your body's natural clock. You know, you're not sleeping well or get all um, different types of sleep that you're, or you're not getting all the different types of sleep that your body needs. So difficulty focusing during the day with associated fatigue. Um, you or your partner notice moments where you're not breathing or, you know, at that point we're concerned, is there any obstructive sleep apnea going on here? Um, or if you're having any associated feelings of anxiety or depression coupled with insomnia. A lot of those things can really... Um, start to give your primary care provider insight on any potential underlying pathological issues that's affecting your sleep. You know, even hormones um, can definitely play an important role. 
in your sleep cycle. Children who are sleep depraved or deficient might be overly active and have problems paying attention in school. And so um, if they misbehave, if there's something going on with school performance and children or teens, you also want to take in consideration their, their sleep habits. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you giving uh, us all of your insight on uh, what it means to get a good night's sleep um, and how to do so. I know that I can certainly be guilty of not getting enough sleep, um, especially during our busy work weeks here at Next Level. Um, but is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? You know, I, I just want to make sure everyone, it's, it's sleep is something that people won't focus on, they'll, you know, put it on the back burner, decide to deal with that another day. But um, I, you know, something that I just want to put out there is definitely please, um, you know, get your required hours of sleep, you'll notice a change in your health, your physical and mental well being and um, your primary care providers at, um, you know, your, your primary care doctor's office or our providers here at next level can always help um, address any of those sleep issues, or help you get to the right people if you have any questions. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Health Explained, Ivan. We really appreciate you and we'll see you next time. Thanks for having me, Alexis. Have a great one.